The following may contain language and material not suitable for sensitive audiences like parents. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Mom of None, the Not for Parents podcast, a safe space where dinks and sinks are celebrated, not shamed, for their choice not to have children. What are dinks and sinks? Double income and single income individuals with no kids. I am your host, Tamiko, mom of none, child free by choice, and a proud dink. On this week's podcast, Mom of None welcomes Michelle. She works in higher education, is the owner of a Westie Pooh dog, avid foodie, and world traveler. On this episode, she'll talk about her travels and why it wouldn't be possible if she had children. You can follow Michelle on all social media platforms at MG Speaks Up. Hey, Michelle, welcome to the Sync Sit Down. Hey, I'm so happy to have you as a guest. Um, so we'll start with, I've been starting all my interviews with, you know, how we met. So let's talk about how we met. So you and I met over our shared love for Peloton. Yes. Uh, I guess either being fit or keeping our clothes in the same size that we always like to shop in uh, <laughs> is a similar goal of ours. So through us loving Peloton, being in various Peloton groups on Facebook, including, you know, Black Girl Magic, and of course, the Sinks and Dinks group, uh, that's how we met. And we finally met face-to-face last year at Peloton Homecoming, which was fabulous. Yeah. Uh, we were like kindred spirits. Yeah. So that is how we met. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I was so happy that when I shared about the Peloton Dinks and Sinks, that um, you were like, oh my gosh, where is it? Where do I sign up? And I was like, wow, there are more people like me. I totally jumped up and down. I thought, oh, how cool is that? Like, yes. they're, they're, first of all, there's a name to it. I did. I had never heard of sinks and dinks before as a terminology. So I was, it was cool to be able to claim that this is what I am. So I was excited to to link up with fellow sinks and dinks, and that that was okay. It was definitely a positive. Yes. Yes. So um, we're going to start with the kid-free five. Okay. And then we'll kind of expand on that. So question number one, why have you chosen a child-free lifestyle? You know what? If you had asked me at 18, 19, 20, if I was going to have kids, my answer would have been yes. Not because I necessarily wanted them, just because this is what society tells you that, you know, women go get your degree, get married have children. So I, I thought that was the only answer that could actually be given or said mm-hmm. out loud. But the older I got and, you know, the relationships that I had and my career and me wanting more from life, like seeing the world and doing other things, that never rose to the number one priority of my life. Actually, it, got, it just got lower and lower and lower. And in hindsight, I look at some relationships that I were I have been in in the past and I kind of thank my lucky stars that you know produce children because 
they couldn't have been a father to anyone, right? Right, right, so right. I feel like I dodged a couple of bullets. And again, the priority to have children just got lower and lower until I reached the age that I am now, which is 38. And I don't desire children. I don't see my life needing to be completed with children. I, I don't have a longing for for that. And, and moving forward, it's not something that I, I want for myself and my future or even a fellow partner. Uh, so I think it was just a natural progression from you know, being reared to think what society thinks women should have to actually finding your own space and self and realizing nah, that's not for me. That's not my ministry. And I'm okay with that. Right. And I think sometimes it's hard, you know, to be okay with it in the society that we live. Absolutely. People can be mean. Um, and, and people really make you feel, and I don't think it comes from an evil place, but I think people make you feel like, well, what's your purpose here on the planet if you're not going to procreate and have children? Right. And and not, my answer is always like, I don't know, change the lives and minds of the young people I touch every day and right. see the planet and do what I think I was put on this earth to do, which is not have children. So it's really interesting how people make you feel about it. Right. So I will have to disagree with you a little bit because I sure. do think that sometimes it does come from a mean place. With people's, yes. people's yes. reactions. Yes. I think sometimes I don't, it is from a mean place. Absolutely. It's not always, but yeah, some people, they don't even realize that it's it's kind of evil the way it comes out. Right. Um, I once had someone ask me, when are you going to have children? You might be on your last egg. Oh, my and I gosh. was Yes. I was, I didn't really have a response to that. I was like, wow, we're counting eggs now. Excellent. So <sighs> sometimes it really does come from a mean place, but I think some people, again, I don't want to say they are brainwashed, but they definitely buy into a society's um, role of women should and shouldn't be. Exactly. So, and then we talked about this a little bit, but moving on to question two, you know, what reactions have you received about your choice? The fact that someone said you might be on your last egg is just very weird. Like, who says that? Absolutely. And I live in the South, so I think it's the Southern thing to mm -hmm. get married and have children. So while I was taken aback, I wasn't necessarily shocked. Uh, I've heard other things like, well, what's the point of being on earth if you're not gonna have children in my dating life uh men have told me that i'm selfish i've been told i'm too pretty not to pass on my genes to somebody I, else you know i'm fighting <laughs> that too the too pretty thing is just very weird because i'm like that's not a reason to have children the world it's, has enough pretty people it, it's not and what if my genes and your genes make a child that's not that attractive so yeah, i don't think people take that into consideration right but it's really the don't you want your leg how will your legacy continue don't you want your legacy to continue and i, I think i can build my own legacy i don't need to force a legacy on a child to carry on right uh, who will bury you who will take care of you in a nursing home and i'm like have you been to a good nursing home they're have fantastic they're it. fantastic and my niece and my nephew, I'm sure, since I've written them into my inheritance, uh, that they'll come and visit if they want that good money. So well, no this worries. Is it. No this worries. Is it. This yeah. it. My nieces and nephews, too, they know the deal. Yeah. They yeah. They know it's good. You want this money, you're going to come bring me a cheeseburger in this home. <laughs> this is true. This is so true. So um, question number three, what's your favorite child-free thing to do? Travel. And travel whenever the heck I want. Literally pick up and go 
I don't have to worry about, do I bring offspring or not? Like, like, is there child care? Is this a country I can go with the young person? None of that. I have another friend who's a fellow sink and she'll call me and say, there is a flight to Tahiti for $600. We got to go like next week. Are you game? And the answer was yes. I yes. was like, uh-huh, absolutely. I didn't even have to think about it, which is awesome. Um, and I think that freedom to explore the world uh, as I as I wish on my timeline has probably been what I think my friends are most enviable of. And that's mm -hmm. what they tell me they're most enviable about. But not having to be, you know, weighed down or attached in that way where I can just pick up and go. And not having children gives me the financial means to do that at right. the same time as well. Right. So as a world traveler, I'm just going to piggyback on this a little bit. Um, how many continents have you been to? I have been to six of the seven. I have one more left and it's not Antarctica. I actually went to Antarctica in December of 18. Uh, I have Australia left and the okay. plan is to go this Christmas okay. uh, for two weeks to Australia. Nice. And what's been your favorite place to go? My favorite, it's, it's almost a tie for two. Thailand being the first. Uh, what a great, amazing country. Extremely hot, mm -hmm. but just fantastic food and warm people. And then Antarctica. It, it was definitely a once-in-a-lifetime yeah. opportunity. Uh, being an African-American woman, I felt like I was doing it for the people. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I would never do a polar bear plunge here in Charlotte, North Carolina, where I live. But I did one in Antarctica because okay. I felt like when in a polar region, one should actually jump in the water. Yes. Uh, so just experiences like that, that I feel like I will never do again. And being able to see landscapes that are not touched by humans. And, and that was really fascinating. Wow. And amazing. So I, yeah, those two are definitely in the top, uh, top spots. Okay. And then one more thing about the travel, who had the most, most interesting food? Interesting food. First of all, I will put anything in my mouth. Okay. So <laughs> I'll try anything once, twice if I like it. And I'm a foodie, so I love food. I, crazily enough, the food on the ship for Antarctica was five star. Really? I don't know what the chef was doing on this boat all day. I don't know where they were cooking in this boat. But every time they brought out this food, I'm like, this is fantastic. Uh, which is odd because there's no culture in Antarctica. So it was really whatever the right. chef wants to cook. Okay. But also in Thailand, uh, the food was really authentic, so it's ruined me on Thai food in oh, the U.S. So I, I rarely I rarely eat it here in the U.S. because I'm like, it's not the same. This is Americanized Thai food. So. Right, right, right. Yeah. The, I can see those that. And that happens with a lot of cuisines. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Have they become Americanized. So, okay. Question number four. Um, what activity or place do you wish was child-free? Woo, girl. Where do... <laughs> Where do I begin? And and I want to preference it by saying, you know, it's not that I don't like children per se. Right. I, I, I just feel like uh, in some spaces they're imposed on you. And I don't think that's fair. Right. And and I will say it. And even though people think it's controversial, I can't bring my dog everywhere. Mm -hmm. And he's the most well-behaved animal I've ever met. And they're he doesn't bark. He doesn't pee on things. He mm -hmm. doesn't like touch things that are not his. Mm -hmm. And yet I can't bring him in spaces where people are allowed to bring humans to do that. Right. So for me, I think any uh, business person flight. And for me, that's early morning flights because mm -hmm. I'm a business traveler. So I'm usually on the first flight out. It is unfair for you to bring your screaming child on a 6 a.m., a 5 a.m. or a red eye. Yeah. It's, it's not fair. I just need, I need, this is the only time I'm going to sleep. 
uh-huh. or get work done. And uh-huh. I, I need the silence of that. And a noon flight, an 11, a 1 p.m., knock yourself out. Everyone's right. up. It's fine. So I think that is one places where I think it's just unfair because those are business flights. Where you got to be at 6 a.m. with your This time, is true. You know? But they so, choose those, you know, because they're cheaper. Sure. Right. Sure. But I choose that because I need the silence because I got to sleep or I have work to do. So I think that's one place. I will never apologize for thinking that children don't belong at breweries or bars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they can't drink and they can't drive me home. So right. I don't understand why they're here. You you want to be out with your friends? Get a sitter. You know what I mean? This yeah. is this is an adult environment. And it's, you know, you're on a date or you're chilling with your girls or whatever and you're having drinks and you hear like a, a kid crying or running around and like really messing with the ambiance and the space. That is, I don't think that's cool. Like that should be a kid-free zone. I don't go to Chuck E. Cheese or mm-hmm. Discovery Zone and, you know, ruin their fun. Yeah. I don't think they should be in like a bar or a brewery. A restaurant is different because everyone got to eat. But they but if they don't even serve food here, why is your right. stroller or your carrier or your toddler on your leash here. That makes zero. And they're not happy. They're right. not, that's, that's unfair to them. Yeah, that's true. Um, too. So I think those are just two major places where I'm like, this this is not where children should be ever. And yet people subject us to their children in those spaces. Yeah, I did a recent episode about um, uh, should children be, uh, how did I say it? Like, should children be in places that are just traditionally marketed to adults, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. would be one of those places. Yeah, um, yeah. Since you are a foodie, um, let's talk about restaurants, right? Yeah. So I'm not saying, you know, like a, like you said, like a Chuck E. Cheese or some other, you know, kid-friendly restaurant. But what about like a Michelin star or like a, a five-star higher-end, you know, restaurant and someone has brought their, you know, toddler? My 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 pet peeve is having children in spaces where they cannot appreciate how much it costs mm-hmm. or the energy and effort that either a chef or someone else has put in. So right. I hate children in first class. I'm like, really? Yeah. Like, really? You're going to be first class? That's one. Two... In, in those in high end Michelin star because I'm not just eating I am looking at the food I am smelling the food mm-hmm. I am using all five senses I want to speak to the chef I'm going to ask the sommelier questions about the wine yes. I'm going to ask the waiter or the waitress about what is in this bring the chef out here I want to applaud his efforts yes if you got a kid clanging on dishes and 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 and, and water glasses and eating chicken fingers. Mm-hmm. And f- waffle fries right. at a place where I'm having like succulent duck or mm-hmm. you know cobia or so- I I'm just annoyed. I why do we even have French fries in this building? Like if right. I wanted French fries, I would have gone to Chick Fil A. Like <laughs> we're here, we're here here to eat pump frites. You know what I mean? So yeah, I I, I struggle with with that. I get it. You know, people love their children and, you know, I love that they love them too. But there are certain places, get a sitter. You're going to that place for for an intimate setting, for a setting with you and your partner, you with your friends. Like, I think it's rude to interject, especially if the child's not well-behaved, which right. nine times out of ten, they're not. Um, and I used to be a waitress. So nothing is more infuriating, whether it's a Bennigan's or a Michelin star place, where a child tears up a table. And mm-hmm. there are crumbs and food and juice everywhere because someone has to clean that up. Yes, you know what I mean. Someone has, and and I would have to clean that up. And I'm like, your child has destroyed the table and underneath. And I now have to get out of vacuum in the middle of my shift because I can't see anyone here. Right. So to right. do that in a high end place, I think it's just uncouth and disrespectful. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I completely agree. I like how you said 
that, you know, having children in places where they don't, they don't appreciate, you know, the aviance, the efforts, the things yes. that go into making it what it is. Like, yes. that's very, very important. Like, you know, I strongly believe that, you know, just like I may not be invited everywhere, kids are not invited everywhere. Absolutely. Absolutely. You like know, I think that's very, it's a, and it's a hard thing for parents to swallow, right? It's like it they is. feel like their kid's supposed to be everywhere. And I, I don't want to make a judgment on them, but you made a life choice. You yeah. made a, and just like I made a life choice, you know what I mean? I can't go to a lot of restaurants on Valentine's Day because it's for mm-hmm. couples only. Right. I, I've right. made a life choice not to be, you know, not to be right. coupled at this point. So like, I can't go there. You know what I mean? You've made a life choice to have children, which means some places will be off limits to you until your child is of age where again, they can appreciate. I've seen kids in first class act like adults. I've mm-hmm. seen children in great restaurants act like adults. Those people are welcome in my circle, but right. it's frustrating when nine times out of 10, that's not the case. Yeah, that's true. So um, question number five, um, your child-free tip, either for someone who is considering a child-free lifestyle or someone who is already child-free. You need to be comfortable with your why you're child-free because you may have to articulate that with a level of confidence in order to really protect your space. Mm-hmm. I think some people say they're child-free because, you know, they just haven't met the right person. Um, and, you know, if they do, they d- they're definitely open to having children. You know what I mean? Like, that's right. very different than I am not open to having children. I have no desire to give birth, period, right? Right. So, um, and then people ask you, like, what if? What about adoption? I'm like, could they be 16, maybe 18? Like, right. On their way, like, <laughs> In adulthood, you know, I could give an 18 year old a great summer, right? right? So, but again, you need to be comfortable with that. And the reason needs to be your reasons, not his or her reason. You know what I mean? It mm-hmm. needs to really, you have to have a level of confidence and why you are in that space. Now, do you necessarily have to share that? No, because it's no one's business. But when called upon, that has to be, you have to be steadfast in that. So before you pronounce to the world that I'm going to be child free, um, you know, I want to be a sink or a dink. Know why. Ha- mm-hmm. Know why for real. And don't let it be a front because you haven't achieved X or you haven't met the one or you haven't right. gotten this much money. Right. 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 Be steadfast and like, I don't desire to parent. I right. don't desire to give birth. And that's a real emotion that mm-hmm. takes commitment. It, it, it takes it commitment to say, I don't desire to parent anyone. It's a miracle that I get dressed and feed the dog every day. Right. And some days I forget. I think I forgot to feed him yesterday. And right. I was like, oh, dog, have you eaten today? Right. And I'm not going to go to jail for that. <laughs> you know exactly. I mean? that's, that's forgiven. So I know I, I don't even have the capacity to, like, have children. Not that I'm going to forget to feed a child, but, like, mm-hmm. you know, that that's just, again, it's not my ministry, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, and I think that, you know, and it's okay to change your mind. I think that's what people forget, that it's okay to change your mind. Because as soon as you say that, oh, you know, I don't want to have kids, and then you meet someone, and then you decide, oh, I think I want to have a kid, and, and, you know, you guys go through the process, and you're pregnant, those same people will come back to you and be like, remember when you said? And it's like, really? Yeah. I can change my mind. Just Absolutely. like, you know, you said when you were younger, people, you know, asked if you wanted kids, you were like, yeah, because that's what society wanted. And then you changed your mind and then people are not, you know, satisfied with your choice. And right. I'm just like, what's the difference between my choice and your choice? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I don't being, get it. And being steadfast in that. And, and, and really, and, and, and I think some people waver on that. They, they use it as an excuse because they don't have what they want or need today to have children cool exactly you know what i mean then say that not today 
but the door is open. But for others, like that door is not opened and it's not going to be opened. And, and it's I, not going to be open. It's yeah. not going to be open. Yeah. Um, so do you think that your work in higher education has affected your child-free decision? If, you know what? It, it has to the extent of people ask, well, don't you want to be a mother or don't you want a parent? I already feel like that. You know, I'm a director that oversees 2,400 college students. These people have come and laid on my couch and poured out their lives and their hearts and souls and asked me for advice. I feel like their parent. I, I mm-hmm. feel like a parent to 2,400 students, whether I want to or not, because I care about them. I do. I care about whether they've eaten and they've slept and I keep snacks mm-hmm. in the office just be, so I can ask, have you eaten today? And they're like, no. I'm like, here's some Cheez-Its. Eat right. Cheez-Its. You know what I mean? Or <laughs> let me go buy you, you lunch. So I, I feel that. It's not that I don't feel like I have the capacity to mother or be that. I feel that very deeply. And I have cried at graduations and Mm -hmm. I have felt joy when my students have succeeded. And I've had students come back and be like, you know, because of you, I've achieved this, this, and that. So I definitely have that fulfillment. And that that's where my legacy lives. So I think the fact that I interact with 18 to 22 year olds definitely helps fill whatever space needs to feel like I could impart that kind of love and care on some or another living human, right? right. So I think if I was a lawyer or a doctor or or a police officer, I don't know if I would have that same interaction on a daily basis. So I think higher mm-hmm. ed definitely does. I also feel some responsibility for some of these students. I see their parents at orientation and I don't outright say I'm gonna take care of your kids, but I do say if your child needs something, tell them to come see me. It's, you know, I, I'm here for your for your kids while you are back in Oklahoma. I'm mm-hmm. here for them. Tell them to come see. So I, I take a little bit of responsibility in taking care of other people's children and making sure they're doing okay while they're at college. Right, which is good. And that's, you know, when you talk about legacy, um, so by the time this episode airs, um, it won't be as recent, but we recently lost, you know, Kobe Bryant. And yeah. I was listening to a podcast where someone talked about um, legacy as it relates to Kobe Bryant. And they said, you know, your legacy extends past your death. Mm. As long as your name is spoken on this earth, your legacy continues. Absolutely. And that's regardless if you have children or not. Yeah. Yeah. And all of the students that you have touched, you know, your name will still be spoken, you know, way before, you know, way, way after, you know, you're gone. You know, some, you know, student that you have mentored is going to say to their children to their grandchildren to their great grandchildren that I met Michelle and Michelle changed my life in this way so your name will continue to be spoken yeah and I believe that and I believe that and I to me I think that's more profound than like pouring whatever my name is into a child of mine and be like I was great now you need to go carry that greatness you know that's almost unfair right right Where, where it's different where I'm your mentor I'm your teacher I'm your advisor and if I've changed something in your life and that carries on for generations and I've done my job. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that's the end of, of my five questions. Do you have anything for me or anything that you want to add? Do you think that the sinks and dinks per se is a movement? Do you think every time these studies come out about millennials are waiting longer to have children and the population rate is, is slowing down? Do you think more and more people in 2020 and beyond are choosing to have a child-free lifestyle. Do you think that's like on the rise? Yeah, I definitely think that it is. And it's also becoming more accepted. It's not completely accepted, but it is becoming more accepted. There was a time where I said I didn't want children and like 
I was attacked from all sides. Now, when I say I don't want children, I have other moms, I have non-moms, you know, saying to me, you know what, that's great. If that's your choice, that's what you want to do, do that. I think what people are seeing now is that they are bogged down with um, financial responsibilities when it relates to student loan debt in particular. And when they have that, it's such a heavy load. You know, it's very hard to achieve this quote unquote American dream. You know, I live in, you know, in New Jersey. I work in New York. I live in a high tax state. Um, I work in a high tax state where the cost of living is very, very high. And when you look at that, when you're coming out of college and you have student loan debt and you get your first job and you, you know, you have your, your small apartment, everything like that. And when you try to work this American dream of get married, buy a house, you know, have kids, you know, the whole picket fence thing, you realize that that's a lot harder to attain than you, than the bill of goods you've been sold. Yeah. I, yeah. And, and, I, and I, I agree with you. I think that is becoming the, the wave and of the future and people are really rewriting the societal norms and yeah. not, and not everyone is meant to have children. I know a couple yeah. people who should not have children this and is they have them. Do. And I'm, and I, yeah. And I'm like, you're setting your kids up for, for future therapy because you are not a good parent at all. Yep. Yeah. And I know some parents who are just like, you know, I love my children, but you know what? My sister said that to me. She said, Mish, I love my my kids, but if I didn't have them, it would still be an amazing life. Right. And I and I take that to heart. Yeah. I have an amazing, fulfilled life. And 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 I don't know if I could say that had I had children with the myriad of men I dated right. in the past. You know what I mean? I don't know right. if I could say that, but I have an amazing life and I'm I'm really blessed to be able to do the things I do. And not having children has has actually afforded me that. Yeah. And I, I mean, I agree with you. Um, with that as well. Like I wouldn't have the life that I live, mm-hmm. you know, if I had children because I came from, you know, a very depraved neighborhood, you know, if you want to call it that, it's not like that now. Hello, gentrification. <laughs> but, um, you know, the neighborhood that I lived in, you know, I saw the hardships that were, that happened and, you know, what was going on with, you know, teenage pregnancies and mm-hmm. things like that. And it was just not something that I, you know, I wanted to do. And, with the life I have now, I would not have this life if I had children, yeah. whether it be if I had a child by myself or if I had a child with, like you said, past boyfriends or even with my husband. Like mm-hmm. the life that I live now would not be the life that I have, you know, if I have if I had children. And I'm OK with that. Why are you not OK with that? Yes. Society. Yes. <laughs> Society you know. wants for you what you don't want for it. So you're exactly. like, why are you telling me to do this? Yeah, definitely. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, that's just what it is. I think another thing too, with um, a lot of women placing career first, and if you look at um, the statistics of time spent away from work for things like maternity leave, how that sets you back so much further than your male counterparts. Mm -hmm. And a lot of women, you know, want to achieve successes at the same rate of their male counterparts. You know, thankfully we're moving in a direction of um, pay equity and, and things of that nature. But, you know, taking that space from work, you know, really sets you back. And a lot of women just don't want to do that. Yeah. No, I, I, I absolutely, we, as women who bear children, that affects us more than our male counterparts. They yes. don't have to have a C-section. They don't have to have natural childbirth. They don't have to like right. be out of work. They don't have to breastfeed and, and be that primary life giver, you know, for a child. 
so none of that is is totally altered and i i wonder where my career would be had i had children not that it's not doable i have plenty of problems with children but their lives also look very different than mine and 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 the achievement that i've 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 gained to this point has probably been because i i haven't had to take time off or shift my responsibilities to really go after things i want Exactly. And then when people turn around and say, well, that's selfish, I go, yes, it is very much so. I, I think you're allowed to be selfish. Being yes. selfish is not being it's selfish. Not a bad thing. Being selfish and harming other people, bad thing. Right. Bad being thing. selfish because you put yourself first, isn't okay. that what we want for everyone? Like, okay. I want that for everyone. Put yourself first. That's what my therapist tells me to do. And, right. you know, I'm, I'm doing it. So, yeah, I, I think there's a difference in the way we use selfish and, and the way people toss that around. Yeah. So any more questions for me or anything else you want to add? You know, I love your podcast. I love your messaging. I love everything that you're about. But I just I just want to take the opportunity to thank you for just creating a space where people can talk about this openly and freely and yeah. without shame. And we don't have to like hide in the corner or wait to we're at a non-childbearing age and come out and be like, I don't want kids. <laughs> uh, so I, I really thank exactly. you and appreciate you, what you're doing with the the whole mom of none, you know, Facebook and uh, podcast. And I think it's fascinating. And, you know, I'm definitely going to send this out when it goes live because I, yes. I think it's a part of my my story that a lot of people are not willing to sit down and listen to. And if this is a way I can get that message across that I am not some sad and lonely sister right. who lives in a shoe. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. I, I think I think that that could be really educational for a lot of people. Yeah. And and thank you. Like, you know, the support that I have received has been um, very overwhelming. Um, I will tell anyone when I started this, um, I was super afraid. I was super, super afraid. And I, you know, I just took a chance and just started it. And the support has been like overwhelmingly and I want to tell everyone who is supporting this podcast that your support does not go go unnoticed and I am truly grateful for it I really am definitely well kudos it's it's been fun and I'm happy to be a guest on any show you ever do Mm -hmm. anytime so let me know how I can be of assistance and my calendar is open to you because you know what I I don't have any children right (laughs) whatever, whatever you need exactly so, Michelle, are there any social media handles that you want to share with my listeners? Sure. I believe in being properly branded. So my social media handle on all platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Snapchat, even though I barely use it, is at MG Speaks Up, M-G-S-P-E-A-K-S-U-P. So MG Speaks Up, hit me up. Uh, you will know, you will see that I'm an avid Pelotoner and traveler and foodie. And occasionally I go and speak at colleges and universities. So happy to have anyone follow me and we can engage in the interwebs. Cool. I will also add that to the show notes. So everyone has the correct spelling. Great. So thank you, Michelle, so much for being a guest on the sink. Sit down. I really appreciate it. I, it's been my pleasure. And I, now that I will stand up and go help myself to ice cream that I own and I don't have to share with anyone because, exactly. again, I don't have any children. Exactly. <laughs> Where to find me on social media? Instagram and Facebook, Mom of None Official. There is also a Facebook group where subscribers can interact with each other about topics discussed on the podcast. Be sure to answer the three questions for entry.
Mom of None, the Not For Parents podcast website has launched. Not on Facebook or Instagram, but still want to comment on podcast episodes? Head over to momofnone.com. While you're there, check out the swag. Click on the shop link. There's t-shirts, tote bags, mugs, and more. Are you child-free, loving your life, and want to be featured on Mom of None, the Not For Parents podcast? Go to momofnone.com and send me an email. Make sure you put, who needs kids, in the subject line. Thanks for listening. Do you love Mom of None, the Not For Parents podcast? Give it a five-star review, subscribe, and tell a friend. Until next time, to all the dinks and sinks out there, don't let these parents take away your shine. Live your kid-free life to the fullest.